This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing is to give our attention to Jesus. Hello, friends. Stacy here. As I am sitting in the recording studio, I'm imagining seeing your faces now and us sharing the gladdest of smiles, the warmest of hugs and greeting. Bless you. I pray that today you feel seen by our God, Elroy, who has never taken his eyes off of you and who never will. I pray you receive a deeper sense, even in this moment, to know that you are the treasure of his heart and you are that now, you have always been that, and you are forever deeply, immeasurably loved by the King of love himself, our beautiful God, who is love, who is peace, who is goodness, who is life, is for you, beside you, and working even now for your good. Rest in that, beloved. Turn your gaze on him again, even in this moment. Yes, Jesus. We do that together now, and we say, we love you. We love you. Thank you for your love for us. Come for us today, God, as we so deeply need you to do. So today, dear ones, I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine. I'm going to tell you a little bit how we met, and then I can't wait to turn it over to my dear friend, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie and I met, and I think it was 2016, when I had the joy of going over to Belfast and doing a women's conference and a retreat called Catching Fire. And she had come over with a few women from her community, and we just had the briefest of conversations. But then, a couple years later... She invited me to come to her town, which is Glasgow in Scotland, and to do a retreat for her community there. And that's really, I got the gift of meeting this delightful, spitfire, passionate, wholehearted, fun, all-in lover of God. And just spending time with you, I'll tell you, Marie, just spending time with you quickens my love for Jesus. So I wanted to spend some time with you today and to give that gift to those that are listening. So welcome, Anne-Marie. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I wish I was there alongside you to give you a big hug. Uh, but welcome to Scotland, and it's sunny today. Welcome, everyone. It's lovely to see you. Oh, thank you. Thank oh, I love you being here. It's oh. so good. So it's sunny. I was wondering what the weather was like today. Oh, it's pretty. I can see yeah, behind yeah. Anne-Marie. It's sunny. We've got windows. Oh, yeah. they're open. Windows open. Okay. Yeah. When we're recording oh, this, we're yeah. recording this a little earlier, and I woke to six inches of snow. So <laughs> I'm done with that. Okay. I'm done with that. Okay. So, dear ones, that are listening, you know that I believe that everyone's story, the story of their life is holy, the terrain of their heart is sacred, and I also believe that um, sharing the stories of our lives, the, the invasion of Jesus or how we have encountered him, how he has encountered us is, is so powerful. Hearing someone else's story highlights our own 
It helps us remember how he has shown up for us and met us in our joys and in our sorrow and in our pain, how we're not alone. Friends, we are not alone. So with that in mind, dear Anne-Marie, would you do us the honor of sharing some of your story with us? Okay. First off, just to get a better picture, what's an average day look like for you? Oh, an average day? Well, an average day would be uh, beginning uh, my day with prayer, just spending some time with Jesus. And often here, um, I can be involved in community activities because uh, that can often be very relational. Um, I would just say uh, friendships, um, sharing, just sharing Jesus, just enjoying life. Uh, living with my sister, Phil. Phil is a great character, a great woman, uh, and loves Jesus very much, um, and me. Uh, so, yeah, we have a, a good relationship as sisters. Um, we're both single. I made a decision to be single for Jesus, made a commitment uh, to do that. So my average day, pretty much when it's good, is centering on him and it's around him. And people, he sends people or I meet up with people uh, or I might be organising a mission event or, or just enjoy people and sharing with them about Jesus, maybe sometimes asking if they'd like some prayer. So, yeah. Well, that's a good day. That's a good life. Being around Jesus. I I hang around Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You spend your days with him. Press in, listeners, because Anne-Marie's cutting out just a little bit because we're talking all the way across the world. But you said you made the decision to be single. For Jesus. Can you tell us more about that? How that decision came about? All of it. Okay. The community that I'm part of, we would um, look at a time of discernment regarding state of life. So for married life. Uh, and we also have within our community uh, a group who would be single for Jesus, single for the Lord. And they would make a commitment, especially to remain single, not married, not have children, but have a, a relationship with Jesus, just Jesus first in a way. And I know my married brothers and sisters have Jesus first too. But this was uh, an invitation for me that I got from Jesus himself. For when I was growing up, my parents died when I was very young. And we were still at school. And that was tough. Mm. Uh, And I always felt when I grew up and came to know Jesus that I I should really get married and have six children to make up for the times that were so hard or so lonely Mm. uh, and so abandoned. And I actually thought married life would be my healing and having children would be my healing. And then what happened is one day in And this is what happens, I think, when you hang around with Jesus. He can say things unto us that nobody else can. So I'm sitting quite convinced I'll get married and have six children. I just hear him quietly in prayer, just a sense of him asking if I had ever thought of being single. And I have to be honest and say, I think that's kind of a strange question. 
And also, I kind of thought, maybe Jesus is having an off day. <laughs> it's really bizarre. <laughs> I think, that's a strange thing for you to ask. Because you know what I'm after. You know what I'm, what I'm about. And then what happened? Just even days later, sitting with him in prayer and just looking and gazing for Jesus, my heart desiring Jesus. And looking at him in prayer, in my, I just, it was like Psalm 45. I knew that he was fairer than all the sons of men. He just totally, you use the word captured a lot and captivated. He just captured my heart at that moment. I actually realized that no one, no one on this earth, no man, no matter how wonderful, could fill the space in my heart the way that Jesus could and and that was right at that moment there was writing all over the sky Jesus loves Anne-Marie <laughs> and I was writing Anne-Marie loves Jesus and it was so he was so tender and holy it was like a courtship it was like I had already known conversion but this was like going into a deeper relationship with him. Yes. And it was like everywhere I went, I felt I could see him in nature uh, when I was sitting praying. And and it seemed a very romantic time. And you use that word a lot too. You speak my language. <laughs> and I remember just feeling that uh, I felt as if he'd made me a garment and I made my commitment to be single for him a garment that was just full of salvation, full of love, full of wonder. I could call him my beloved. He could call me beloved. It was intimate and beautiful, and it still is. And I'm in my 60s, and I would say I'm still head over heels in love with that carpenter from Nazareth that I met those years ago and I came to know. And I know he loves me deeply. And young women ask, they'll say, oh, no, it's strange to give up husband and family and children. And I say, yes and no. I've come to love many in a, in a different way. I can love them and come close and share with them about Jesus. And also, I, I think it gives Jesus pleasure. So I'm like, I'm up for that. If, <laughs> if that, uh, if Jesus takes in that, then I would want to delight him. I'd want to express love to him. I, I'm learning. I'm at his school of love, and I'm a slow learner. And I have big L plates on my back. And Jesus teaches me how to love, and He's teaching me all many lessons. So I've become part of the Bethany Association which is a, an international group of women within our communities um, who love Jesus and who have made a commitment to be sing for him. And that is in the midst of our community life, which is very much uh, married and family life and full of joy. And, you know, we're not cut off and, you know, you're, you're right in the heart of it and right, right in the midst of family life as well. So, yeah, that's a, 
a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. I love so much about that. I love that you're not cut off. I've heard from a lot of women who are single that they feel separate in, in their communities and their churches, and it's not yeah. meant to be that way. Okay, so you're in your 60s now, you young yeah. thing. When did, um, when did you make that decision? Uh, um, to be single? Yes, uh-huh. Or to be single for the Lord? Yeah. yeah. It was in my 20s. Um, it was in ways just, suppose, being open to teaching, being open to community life, um, learning about Jesus. Um, when my conversion had taken place, it was so, it was so big. It was such a, a moment of, I sometimes thank Jesus for letting me meet him in the graveyard of my life. Even if I hadn't realized that when I was in my early 20s, even if I hadn't realized how hard it was because there was some young optimism there, but still it was there that I met Jesus where he came in to the end and he just loved me so much. And I had not, I had not known that personal love. And meeting him, the risen Christ, changed my whole life and it made me want to be a messenger of the resurrection. I need to tell, I need to tell others about this. And and in some ways there was something about mission and evangelist tied in with the call. And and actually single for the Lord makes sense of it freed me up for um for speaking to others and taking time with others and following up with others. I mean, it was like a marriage invitation. It was beautiful. It still is. And there's other invitations out that are it's just so full and spectacular. And he just nails it for the for the heart of the woman. He just nailed that for me. That was just perfect. Um that it was as if he'd made that whole state of life call just for me because it was so it just so fitted. It was like the garment, the designer label garment of salvation that just fitted perfectly. So he'd woven it beautifully, tailor-made for Anne-Marie. It's just been right for my heart. And my and it, that was in my 20s when, well, you know, men can be very lovely, very spectacular, and children are gorgeous. And when I came to that decision, it was like peace. Mm. It was just peace. There was no competition in any of these, just peace. And I just felt complete. I felt complete. Something had been missing. And it was actually that that state of life, that sin for him state of life. That's me. I'm a, I'm a happy single for the Lord woman. <laughs> uh, and I've had many blessings. Uh, many, many blessings and much healing, even from just saying that, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's beautiful. What What are some of the blessings? What's some of the healing? Um, one of the earliest lessons was just opening scripture, and it was Proverbs 16, through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. And that that verse just that verse just kept going down and down and down. And I was learning something more of Jesus. I was learning, oh, 
That's you. It's really you. The one who forgives sin, the one who takes away sin, the one who loves us so much that would remain with us until we learned what this means. And, I, you know, in my desire to be single for him, that love was a huge calling. And so I asked him, I asked him, oh, it seemed like days and days and days of asking, teach me, please, something of this love and something of this faithfulness. Teach me that it would become real. You know, and then I would move on to something else, I have to say, like in my head and my heart, a bit like a tumble dryer onto something else. And, um, and then what happened is in my 30s, I remember thinking, you know what, it wasn't a single for the Lord to break with. It was just, I think I'd had enough of community. <laughs> it was like, not a good idea. I am not, I would like, where's the door? Where is the door? Okay. Yes. And I remember sharing with a, a friend, I just feel I don't fit anymore. I'd like to go. I've had enough. I've been around long enough. And she said, Anne-Marie, there are two good things about you. And Stacey, I'm telling you the truth. I was like, two. <laughs> just two? two things. <laughs> yeah, just two. Exactly, Stacey. I was like, well, I'll not need to write this down, okay, because it's two. And she said, you're very loving and you're very faithful. Now, I was complete mind white. I did not remember Proverbs 16 or my prayer at all. I did not remember. Mind white completely. And I was like, but all I thought, oh, love and faithfulness, oh, great. That means here is a face you can walk on. You can wipe your feet on my back. It was all human stuff all that graveyard stuff that sort of graveyard type behavior I'm like oh thinking I'm still not happy so I went home and I wouldn't even call it a prayer time I was just moaning 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 at Jesus I opened the bible and there was a verse staring at me staring and speaking to me unfaithfulness sin is atoned for and I just burst out crying and sobbed because I knew he had heard the deepest desire I hadn't even realised that it was the deepest desire and yet Jesus was making this real in my life he was happy in my heart and in my head, daily actions. And when you're asking what an average day looks like, the average day is learning to love and learning to be faithful, Stacey. That is at the whole heart of my mission. And he gave me that verse several times, so much so that even if when I get mind wiped, I still can no longer verse. <laughs> it's it's written on my heart, so. That is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I join you in thanking God for Thank that. Oh, he's so good. Thank you. Anne-Marie, let's pretend I am a neighbor. I'm a neighbor who you really like, but I don't know anything about Jesus. 
nothing. And and I ask you, I'm gonna tell me about him. What's he like? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I don't know. It depends on how long we have. What was I? <laughs> I think I would probably. I think I'd probably um, maybe start with how I. I would go back to the beginning. I hope that my life in the street and as a neighbour, that my neighbour would know that I, I, I care or I'm a, I pay attention, that I'm loving. I think I would pray that they would know that. But like to meet him personally, um, two things. I would probably share what happened to me and I would also uh, ask, and I have asked neighbours if they would like me to pray with them and they have said yes. Um, so it's like going to that moment, um, very intimate moment with Jesus and, and sharing that moment when I first knew he was right next to me. I had asked forgiveness and I knew he was right alongside. And I knew I had messed up even in my early 20s. And yet still, he just kept loving and loving and loving me. Um, so I almost could hardly breathe. It was so, it was such a, an experience. Of and so I, I would share that with them, but I'd be praying all the time as well. I'd pray for them as I'm sharing. I would ask Jesus, I would say, look, before I start here, because you know what I'm like, you tell me what you would like me to share with this neighbour. That's good. Or with whoever I'm encountering here. That's and good. that just that sometimes it can only be you've only a short window mm -hmm. you've only got a wee window that the the Monday after I met Jesus I met him on the Saturday I went into a class third year high school kids they were about 15 years of age they're all chatting on a weekend and I'm a new teacher and I'm like never guessed what happened to me at the weekend and they're like, oh, what, miss? Oh, did your boyfriend ask you to marry him? This, that, all that? No. I said, I met Jesus. This is me. Like, no, I'm, I met Jesus. He is alive. And this lovely pupil came up and she rubbed my arm and she said, all right, miss. Oh. <laughs> and I said, I uh, I said, I'm as better than I've and best than I've ever been in my whole life. But it's like, sometimes when you ask that question, I don't have a set answer. It's like, sometimes it's just, it comes at the moment. It comes in the relationship that I might have with the person. Sometimes I get a sense or a prompting as to what maybe this person most needs to hear about Jesus or you know, sometimes I'm free to share what I want. Really, what I would want to be is a messenger of the resurrection because I know many people have graveyards in their lives and in their hearts, in their hearts, to open them and let the fresh air of resurrection come in, hope come into the this neighbour's life. Um, so that's what... I, I pray for and that's as I say sometimes I've been around uh, when Jesus has done amazing amazing ministry for people for for women in particular it's you know in their hearts and I'm like oh wow 
I'm like, wow, you know, um, so, yeah. Yeah, what an honor. Some of the things that, um, that you have said about him, he is love, he is faithful, he forgives us our sins, he is the God of the resurrection, he is intimate, he is our beloved. Yeah. Would you like to say anything about him more as we turn to closing? Because sometimes it's just powerful just to say, what's he like? Yeah. What is Father God's only begotten son like? The one who rewrites all our stories from Genesis 3, from the garden when the, the first sin. Jesus is the one who rewrites the story for an entire fallen race. He really is an entire fallen race. The devastation of Genesis 3 taken on by our Saviour and Messiah. You know, Stacey, I actually want to get up and sing and dance in this room because when I think of what he has done and when I think of who he is and I think of tenderness and coming to us and all I need, just how, what love is this? What love is this? What forgiveness is this? And it's just... Mm, the Father's Son, oh. the, just the gift that he is. To yes, us. yes, so good. Mm, I don't know what else to say. I'll oh, come on, that's so great. Words can't, do, words, words can't do him justice, if you know what I mean. They're going, oh, words can't do him justice. I'll need to start singing a love song or something. <laughs> Which you are more than welcome anyway. to do, my friend. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, Stacey. As we uh, Thank you. come to close, I just love spending time with you because your love for him in response to his love for you is beautiful and contagious. And Anne-Marie, there are women and men listening to us in this conversation all around the world. And as you know, and as you've faced in your own life, struggles, illnesses, losses, mm -hmm. People are facing that today, mm -hmm. and they're turning their gaze to Jesus with their need, with their hope, with their mm -hmm. longing, some with desperation, some with last-ditch hope. And so with that in mind, my dear, would you pray for them now? Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, oh, I would. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. You are the risen Christ. You are the one that walks through the graveyard freely, unbound. Lord, in that first resurrection morning, you asked why we were weeping. Lord, at that very moment, you were ministering to our hearts. The very first moment of encounter, in the resurrection, you minister to our hearts, to those places that we've been lost or felt abandoned or orphaned. Jesus, you come and you come without fear and you come with love, tender love. And you ask us who we are looking for. 
We are looking for you. We have always been looking for you, Jesus. All our lives, Lord, have a longing and a yearning for you. For you first, for you alone. And Jesus, you have broke the chains of sin and death, and you rose triumphant from the grave, and you take us with you. So, Lord, that is my prayer for everyone who is listening to the podcast. We are looking for you, Jesus. So, Lord, bless them in this moment as you lead them to your love and mercy, to in your resurrection, Lord, and love that knows no end. As you wipe away every tear, every tear personally. Bless them this time, Lord. Bless them in this time. Amen. 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 I have tears in my eyes. I love, I love your heart for God. And yes, he is the one we are looking for. He is the answer. Jesus, I too, I'm just so thankful for this time with Anne-Marie. And I join her prayer and praying blessing over every listener. Friends, thank you for joining me today. And again, may this be a day where you you could just replay that prayer over and over because, friends, he is on your side, by your side, and with you, our faithful God. So until next time, bye for now. Hi, everyone. This is Stacey Burton, the producer of The Captivated Podcast. If you've been a regular listener, you've heard the encouraging teachings offered and the incredible conversations Stacy has had with her guests. So wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. May you be filled with the goodness of his love today, and we look forward to having you join us next time. Mm-hmm.